This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up on the big show today, it's another spotlight day. We're putting the spotlight on Cass Lake and the Cass Lake chain with Large Lake Specialist Tony Kennedy next. If I had a bar for every time my line got stuck, well then I'd probably have enough for a brand new pickup truck and I'm probably gonna need it. But luck is gonna change, I can feel it. I got a secret weapon on the radio. Kevin always tells me where the fish is gone. And I'm fishing. Cause I'm fishing. Paul Bunyan. If you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, today we've got Large Lake Specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office, Tony Kennedy, joining me. He's in to talk about Cass Lake. And uh, when we talk about Cass Lake, Tony, uh, when when you as a Large Lake Specialist are looking at Cass, are you looking just at Cass, or are you looking at the entire chain? Yeah, you're right, Kev. We mostly look at it as a chain. You know, there's a particularly as it pertains to walleyes, we've documented there's lots of movement among the lakes, and and you know your anglers know that too. That they're early in the season, they tend to be on those upstream lakes in the chain, and you know as the summer progresses, they move down into to cast proper, and and the fall bite on on cast itself is is quite good too. So those fish are moving around um, quite a bit, and we really sort of view it all as one system. Well, what have you been able to do this spring? so far yeah well um so we're in the middle of taking our our walleye eggs as we record this here in early may um so those fish are coming from the cast lake chain uh, and we're seeing a really nice average size of uh you know those female fish lots of fish in the mid-20s we cracked 30 a couple times already so um there's certainly some quality fish out there uh, the large lake sampling program itself doesn't really fire up um until a little bit later in the summer uh, with the exception of some zooplankton sampling, where we're really looking at that base of the food uh, web, and we we kick that off here uh, in just a week or two. About I try to time the first sampling there about the time the walleyes are hatching, so I have an idea of what's out there for them to eat. Um, and when it comes to Cass Lake, for those who you know don't get up here all the time, um, it, it's a good natural fishery. I don't think you do much, if any, stocking of walleye, do you? 
Not in cast proper, but the connected waters are stocked, you know, fairly heavily. Okay. And certainly that system is maintained um, by fry stocking, primarily into Lake Andrusia. We were able to do a study a few years ago where we um, chemically marked the, the fish that we stocked into Lake Andrusia, and we saw that the percentage of fish that coming from Cass Lake and subsequent sampling over the next three years ranged from 80 to 97% uh, origin from that Lake Andrews is stocking, so um, so certainly there's there's considerable natural reproduction, but it is supplemented with fry stocking. And you just got the standard regulation, right? We do. Yep, statewide six fish uh, bag limit, one over twenty inches. Uh, you know, exploitation is it's fairly high. You know, exploitation meaning the percentage of the population that's removed by anglers every year, um, and and that's where that supplemental fry stocking probably helps. If we had to maintain high enough spawning stock biomass. Uh, to do it naturally in the cast chain, you know, we'd have to give up a considerable amount of harvest. And with with a few exceptions of the river segments, you know, cast proper itself doesn't really have a lot of really high quality walleye spawning habitat. It's got it's got good nursery habitat. It has good adult habitat. Uh, but it's a lot of sand shorelines, not not a lot of gravel. Uh, again, with the notable exceptions of the Turtle and Mississippi rivers uh, that both feed into that system, but. Um, you know, we see about a million wild fry produced um, on most years, it would be our estimates, uh, whereas we're stocking several million. So, um, yeah, it's it's nice that we have that option where fry stocking is working well and it's providing us an efficient way to provide anglers that, that opportunity. Well, of course, one of the big stories on CAS for the last number of years has been zebra mussels. We know that that water has gotten clearer and clearer uh, but it sure doesn't seem to affect the number of walleyes in that fishery. No. It, um, so far, our numbers are looking good. Um, the growth rate of fish as well has, has picked up, and that's, um, I think, indirectly related to the zebra mussels. Uh, it's, there's been an explosion of rusty crayfish. A lot of anglers probably just see them out, you know, maybe even catch them, uh, as well as just seeing them scatter in front of the boat in shallow water. And uh, the walleye certainly eat those crayfish as well, and that, that after-dark fishery, you know, crankbait, uh, crankbait fishery, crayfish patterns do very well, uh, anything orange really. But uh, the, the perch have really um, picked up their growth rate and are reaching, you know, catchable size much faster, and presumably that also has a trickle-down effect to the walleyes because perch are, of course, an important forage item for, for walleyes. Well, you know, I think perch is such an important staple for basically all Minnesota lakes. It's such a vital part of most most fishing ecosystems. Yeah, and and cast is no exception there. And additionally, perch are very important economically there to uh, to that resort community and you know the town of Cast Lake itself. There's a lot of anglers that come to target perch. Uh, it was in our most recent creel survey in 2021. It, Perch, anglers targeting perch didn't quite equal walleyes, but it's getting closer. You know, one, one of the things that I don't hear a lot on the Cass Lake chain is ice fishing. Is there a lot of uh, hard water fishing on that lake? Not on a per acre basis, you know, like you might think about a Red Lake or a Leech or even Winnie over the last several years or Malax, of course. But, um, you know, the, traditionally there's been a lot of ice ridge issues seemingly that kind of limit access to the lake, you know, get river inlets and stuff. Um, and the walleyes, we, we've done two winter creel surveys out there in my time, and our estimates of wa- walleye win- or winter walleye harvest were in the hundreds of fish, hmm. you know, versus say twenty thousand or something in the spring or in the summer. So, 
it's they're really not and most of it is targeted at perch you know and then seasonally some eel pout um but it's mostly a perch fishery in the winter time you know you hear about how the pressure on red and lake of the woods for example in the winter rivals if not surpasses the summer uh not not anywhere close to that on cast no no it's it's just a small fraction you know the those creel surveys we did were shortly after the spearing ban was removed and there was sort of a, a statewide interest in um you know exploring cast with the uh, from the spearing community and and so a lot our pressure estimates now are probably even less than those recent creel surveys you know 10 10 years ago or so uh because a lot of that activity was was dark house spearing and there's still you know a moderate amount of or a modest amount is probably a better way to say it, of dark house activity. And then other than that, it's, you know, the perch and, and a few eel pollock. But but the the perch are definitely something worth targeting. We've, we've seen fish, you know, up over 13 inches. Even I've heard of and seen pictures of fish even up over 14 inches. So there are some really impressive individuals out there uh, and lots of harvest opportunity for fish, you know, over 10 inches. How dramatically has the clearing of the water affected the times of fishing? I, I keep hearing it's early, early, early now, or late, late, late. Yeah, I, I never fish it during the day, personally. <laughs> I, I only fish it after dark, um, and uh, that, that just sort of suits me. I guess I'm more of an after-dark walleye fisherman, generally. But, um, yeah, you can't fish right under the boat, you know, just dropping it. I hear from the resort owner sometimes, they, you know, they're their guests come and they've been coming for 30 years and they're used to just dropping a jig over the side of the boat and catching walleyes in the spring. And that just doesn't work anymore uh, because you're spooking fish. So you need long casts, uh, a little bit of chop on the water uh, during daylight hours, or of course, you know, early in the morning or after dark. So I'm not much, I'm not much for getting up at four in the morning. So I, I prefer to go and fish till midnight. Tony Kennedy is the large lake specialist out of the Bemidji area fisheries office. We're talking about the cast lake chain and Tony's got a lot more to share next. Hi, this is Chuck Hasse on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson employed for another year. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Get away and experience Bemidji's great outdoors. Discover the first city on the Mississippi with the whole family and enjoy unique lodging, encouraging hospitality, and great adventures in a pristine Northwoods setting. With over 400 lakes for fishing, more than 160 miles of bike trail, and amazing campsites, Bemidji is a unique destination to create lasting memories. Go to visitbemidji.com. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Spotlight Day, putting the spotlight on another one of the great lakes in Paul Bunyan country. This one, Cass Lake and the Cass Lake chain. Tony Kennedy, large lake specialist out of the Bemidji area office, is my guest. You know, we hear so much about the muskies on Leech Lake, but one of the premier waters for muskies is Cass Lake. Some of the best muskie guides I know spend a lot of time on Cass Lake. 
Yeah, it's got a great fishery, and and it's it's different than you know our Bemid- local Bemidji area lakes, or maybe you know like a Plantagenet or a Bemidji where there's not a lot of fish, but when you do catch one, it's often a monster. Whereas Cass has a much broader size distribution from you know fish in the mid twenties up to fifty inches, um, and so you know maybe a little bit better catch rate than some of those other lakes too. We're exceeding our management plan goals for for musky catch rate. Um, you know, considerably here the last several years, and um, that, that that fishery, like like all like sort of ebbs and flows. There's there's years where it seems like muskies bite really well, and years where they're tough. But uh, it's a real stable population. There hasn't been any stocking since the 70s, and even that stocking wasn't really a meaningful contribution to the population. So it's it just sort of clicks along with, with recruiting new fish into that population, you know, a few at a time. And so as a result, we seem to have this much more balanced size distribution. I know that Little Wolf also has quite a few muskies in it. Do the other lakes in the cast chain have muskies? They do, and they're probably a little overlooked. Um, you don't hear a lot, and some of that is because, you know, guys maybe really don't want to kill, tell you where they're catching <laughs> fish, but certainly um, there is good muskie fishing in those connected waters as well, all, all the connected waters, really. One of the other things I, I hear occasionally, but I've never heard, uh, you know, uh, definitively, is that there are bass and some decent bass in, in the Cass Lake chain. Are you uh, aware or have you experienced that personally? Yeah, we, we see them particularly during our muskie assessments, which generally occur in May with large frame trap nets um, in uh, Allen's Bay particularly, and then sort of the shallower upstream connected waters have the best population. There's not a lot of bass in the main lake uh, as far as I am aware, but um, you know the, the Western Shore, Allen's Bay, and then the Connected Waters, uh, it, there are certainly a, a targetable population. You can go out there when bass fishing conditions are good um, and expect to catch you know a number of fish and, and some good sized fish as well. We see fish you know up pushing 20 inches, you know, in those musky nets every time we wow. do assessments. All right. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a that's a good bass. I mean, that's a good decent bass. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, there's there's in those bays, there's a little bit more emergent vegetation and slop, maybe even at depending on the time of the year. And um, those those bad bog edge, those those bass seem to to really be drawn to those areas. Now, when we are talking about the Cass Lake chain, what are all the lakes we're discussing? Yeah, so if we go up the Mississippi River from from Cass, of course, Andrusia is the next one uh, upstream, and there's only maybe three quarters of a river of mi- or mile of river that separates it. A very short boat ride, and then it's about another two and a half or three miles upstream into Big Wolf Lake, um, and so that's sort of up the Mississippi chain. If we go up the Turtle Chain, Kitchy Lake is the next one in line, and then Little and Big Rice are some smaller ricey, not surprising lakes, uh, a little bit more panfish um, fishing going on there, as well as walleyes and muskies and, and the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Pike Bay, There's there does seem to be, from a walleye standpoint, less movement and interchange of fish between Pike Bay and Cass, even though when you drive down Highway 2 headed towards Grand Rapids and you look out, the window to the north is Cass and the window to the south is Pike Bay, there there just doesn't seem to be. We've done several marking studies from from the set late seventies, you know, through current times, and we just haven't seen a lot of movement there. But Pike Bay is certainly another one where anglers are are can easily traverse from one lake to the other and fish, you know, with a in a short period of time. 
Yeah, that is a that is I mean that's a great chain if you're looking for variety. If you want to move up and down the river, you can get access to a lot of bodies of water. Yep, lots of water and a lot of variety, like you said, whether it's panfish or you know bass or muskies, you know perch, um, eel powder. If we're talking wintertime, you know, on a snowmobile or whatever, and um, you know it's it's got a lot of a variety and, and a lot of quality there too. Well, one of the lakes we're going to talk to you about later is is Red, and that certainly has had some issues in the past. We know Leech has had some issues in the past. Um, way, way long ago, they were doing some work on Winnie. They were one of the first original slot limits uh, because of issues on Winnie. Uh, I just, uh, other than the zebra mussels, I just haven't heard a lot of issues with Cass Lake. No, it's it's sort of clicking right along. When, when we wrote our management plan, um, our first sort of comprehensive management plan uh, in 2019, what we basically heard from that group of people was just whatever you've been doing for the last 20 years, just keep doing it because we're all pretty happy, you know, by and large. And so um, that plan was written basically for status quo management and things keep clicking along. You know, there's times where maybe we get three or four years in between strong walleye year classes and, you know, we wish it was more like every third year or every other or every third year. But, um, you know, it it's a fishery, right? It's going to ebb and flow. It's not going to be the same every year. And, um, luckily, the the poor years are still pretty darn good. Okay. Well, it, um, is there anything at all, any inklings of anything that have you concerned? No. So so far, so good. You know, um, the, the the I guess I'm curious to see if this increased growth rate related to this rusty crayfish explosion persists. It's sort of spoiling the perch anglers, particularly where we are we're at record <laughs> high numbers for perch quality and. That may not be sustainable long term. It's been four or five years uh, so far, and it's still going going strong. Um, you know, it, it made a noticeable jump where basically a, a three-year-old perch now is as big as a four-year-old perch was a few years ago. And so now instead of, you know, being seven and a half inches long, those fish are nine inches long and big enough to keep. And, and at four years old, we might have fish, you know, ten and a half, even pushing 11 inches. So it's it's fairly subtle, but it's... Um, it's really a big deal in the perch uh, scheme of things, and I'm sure hoping that that persists. Now, we talked a little bit about bass, and a lot of people not thinking about bass on the cast chain. Are there any other fish in the cast chain that most people aren't aware of that uh, that we should maybe check check out? Well, there's there's two of these out there. There's not a lot of people that target them, you know, occasionally in the winter. Um, but I uh, know I've got a, a buddy that fishes them out there a little bit in the wintertime. Uh, of course, they're an important forage fish, but um, can be fun on a, on a light rod in the, in the winter as well. So other than that, you know, crappies, I guess, um, maybe the one that I, that I should have come to mind here a little sooner, but... Um, People don't like to talk about crappy lakes, so <laughs> I won't say too much, but they're certainly out there. If you look around, you can find them. Um, you know, different parts of the chain, different times of year can be better than others. And uh, if you can find someone that'll that'll give you a, a few pointers, you know, they'll probably have some pretty good success. Um, from those who, you know, really care about uh, casts, whether it be an angler or somebody who has uh, land or resorters or whatever, uh, what do you hear the most about? Um, I think just the, the the appreciation for um, the quality walleye and perch. You know, they just a nice stable fishery. You know, there, there's some northerns out there too that um, are a little bit better than the average lake. But 
I guess, you know, when you talk to people that either live on the lake or, you know, have a business associated with the lake, they're just really uh, appreciative of the resource that they have, you know, right in their backyard. Anything else uh, we should uh, think about or know about uh, for the Cass Lake chain before we wrap it up? I don't think so, Kev. Just, uh, you know, keep it in mind as a midsummer sort of walleye bite. You know, a lot of our lakes are really good early season walleye lakes and that after dark crankbait fishery in july and august is kind of a sleeper and there's a there's some really good fishing to be had midsummer out there uh, if you're willing to stay up a little bit all right professor tony if uh cast lake and the cast lake chain were your students uh, what grade are you giving it or them well as much as this might make carl peterson happy down on leech lake uh, i think i'd have to give it a b or a b plus this year um, you know, we've been a little bit further in between walleye year classes the last couple of years. And so there's, there's a lot of really nice fish out there, mid, low to mid twenties, uh, on up into the upper twenties and as well as a, a good year class of keepers out there. But I wish we had two good year classes of keepers. So, so I'll, I'll take my foot off the gas on, on giving myself an A every year. We'll, we'll call it a B <laughs> or a B plus this year. All right, he's Tony Kennedy, Large Lake Specialist, talking about the Cass Lake chain this time around. Tony, thanks for taking the time today. You bet, Kev. Now we're going fishing. <laughs> Fun, buddy, and country.